Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here after a difficult and really awful week one. The Giants got smashed by the Broncos. Final score being 27-13. Really, the Giants had seven points on off. Seven! We thought 17 and a half was bad last year. Well, they really scored seven. Officially, they get to 13 on a touchdown with zero seconds left. But we're going to go over the. We got a short week. So this week's going to go really fast. So the podcast coming at you early. I'm going to go over this game with my man, Dave Rothenberg. You can find him, hear him every morning, 5 to 8 a.m. DiPietro and Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN New York. Obviously, the best on the radio in the area, that's that's my guy, Dave. And if you want to know about the Giants, I mean, walking encyclopedia, Dave Rothenberg is. And so we're going to take his temperature, see if we could revive him at this point, because like pretty much all Giants fans, I mean, did not go well. They did not take it well. Fans were heading to the exits early, which really has been a, a trend now for what? Three, four, five years. I mean, they've been a bad team. So until the Giants are good, I think we've reached the point where people now just, they won't believe in this team until they see it. Like, until they see this team is actually good, you're not going to get the optimism. Like, you know, usually if, you know, five, six years ago, there would be people that would enter the season and they, the optimism would be there and it would stay and, and you know, they, they would be optimistic at least until, you know, they're 0-5 or whatever it was the last few years. 0-4, uh, 0-2, 2-7. But this year, it's like the Giants have to earn People's trust. And Joe Judge said this after the game, uh, and some of the players did as well, is they know it. They have to earn the fans' trust because they haven't been very good. And again, yesterday, they weren't very good. And it's not just the offense who scores seven points, really. The defense wasn't good either. Now, here's why I'm not going to overreact. I picked the Giants to lose anyway, okay? So I kind of expected them to lose. You have to be realistic. It was always in the realm of possibilities, you know, strong possibilities that the offense was going to struggle in this game. You look at it, you have Saquon coming back from a major knee injury. We'll get to how Saquon looked in a bit. You have Kenny Galladay, who hasn't looked very good at practice, in part because he missed a lot of time from a hamstring injury. You have Kyle Rudolph, who hasn't looked very good at practice because he's coming off a foot injury. You have Kadarius Toney, who, quite frankly, we haven't seen much of since he's been drafted, at least on the football field. So to expect him to come in and make this huge impact, no, no, no. As a matter of fact, Kadarius Toney played two snaps, got the ball both times, played two snaps until like scrub time, until the final draft, final drive or two, whatever it was. Two snaps. So he wasn't a big part of the offense. Saquon, his longest run, longest play from scrimmage, five yards. Guess what? That was his first carry. So he had no holes. They couldn't get him into space. I was trying to think. Like, I didn't see anything from Saquon that was awful. Didn't say anything that was great. Uh, he slipped on one play. He said, you know, that could be kind of him being rusty or just trying to overthink something. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, you know, I was trying to go back in my head to figure, all right, is this a good sign for Saquon? Did, what do we see? Like, I didn't get to see him try to really explode. I didn't get to see him in open space. I didn't get to see him in the open field. But the good news is Saquon came out all right and he's pretty healthy. His knee held up, took some hits. Remember, this is the first time, first time. They don't tackle in practice. You understand that? They do not tackle in practice. Even when there's contact practice, there's no tackling to the ground. You basically get bumped. So this is the first time 
he's taking real hits. His body is going to the ground. His knee goes to the ground. Hey, the first carry he has, go back and look at that. He basically gets cut down at the legs. So to get up from that, to me, that was a big deal. Okay, okay we're going here. So I expect Saquon to come back and be a really good player, but it's going to take some time. If the Saquon that we know and love, we're not going to see right away. Now, Daniel Jones wasn't great, wasn't terrible. But that one turnover, that costly turnover, that foolish turnover, it happened again, happened again. That's disappointing. That's the one thing with Daniel Jones that you're just going to sit there and say, man, we're in year three. It was first down. You're driving. I think at the time they're down 17-7. So you need a score. You're driving. You're first down. You get a nice gain, a good run. You try to protect the football, but guess what? No, he fumbles. He fumbles. Pretty deep inside Denver territory. And it's just a killer. At that point, the game's over. Over. Done. Later on, we finally saw something from Galladay. But again, I didn't expect much from Kenny Galladay. He just came back from a hamstring injury. You watch him run every day. You don't see him running smoothly. Creating great separation. In two weeks, when they play the Atlanta Falcons, that's when they better have it back. If they don't have it back by then, we're in for another train wreck of a season. So, that's where we stand on the offensive side. Offensive line, by the way, I didn't think it was terrible. There was certainly weren't great. There was no running holes. They had some pass breakdowns. But it wasn't awful. Their offensive line wasn't so bad that the offense wasn't able to op- wouldn't have been able to operate under any circumstances. Remember, they played a good defense, too. This is a pretty good defense. We got to we got to give them got to give Denver credit too. It's going to be a good defense. Now the Giants' defense is supposed to be a good defense, but guess what? Pat Shermer had his way with Pat Graham, and I have a lot of respect for Pat Graham. Okay, does a lot of good things, but everything Pat Shermer was calling was gold, and the Giants looked like a chicken without their head running around there trying to figure out third down, fourth down. Denver was, I think, seven of se- uh, fifteen on third down. And what, three of three or something on fourth down? Nah, whatever. Final time of possession, 35 minutes to to 25. And that's with the Giants having the ball out of the fourth quarter, by the way. So it was not an ideal start for the Giants. Uh, James Bradbury gave up some big plays, some important plays, a fourth down completion against him. Uh, Another pass that got... Denver down to the three, I think it was at the time. Not that he played poorly. I'm just pointing out. Even James Bradbury, who's one of the better players on this defense, was giving up plays. You saw a big run by Melvin Gordon ended at the end. That doesn't bother me as much. But, I mean, open receivers in the middle of the field. The big problem for this Giants defense is going to be that slot cornerback spot. Because the door, uh, not Dory Jones, Darnay Holmes, struggle, struggle. They completed a bunch of passes on him. He committed a silly penalty. And there was one play where there was a receiver open near the sideline by like 20 yards. Nobody even near him. I'm pretty sure that was a Darnay Holmes mental mistake. He was, they were in his zone and he was on top of O'Shane's imminence. So I'm pretty sure. And, and Adoree Jackson was dropping deep as if he was rolling into the safety spot on the play. So dropping into his zone, Darnay Holmes is in the wrong spot, it appears, and you end up with another big play. And there was too much of that week one for the Giants. Just too much. You didn't see like, Oh, I didn't leave there thinking, oh, the the Broncos just one-on-one, just individually, you know, talent-wise, were just too much, getting open, beating the defense. No, for the Giants, when they go back and look at that, I I have a feeling they're going to look at that saying there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds there. A lot. And that's a problem. Now, I think they'll get that cleaned up. They got Washington on deck now. What can you get from Saquon? 
Big question. Four, two games in four days off that serious knee injury? Not ideal. I mean, think about that. If you're a player coming back from a serious injury, you're now going to come back and play two games in four days? I can't imagine him playing a bigger, much bigger role than he did in this game. Final tally, 28 snaps for Saquon. For 10 rushes, 26 yards, one catch, one yard, three targets, and a drop in there. So I think that's about what you're going to get. So he played about half the snaps, let's say. 28. What's the fi- what was the final tally on snaps? He played 20. actually played 29 plays, but one was negated by penalty. But let's see. Offensive snaps for the Giants. 61. So 28 of 61. Actually, that's with the penalty plays. So with the penalty plays, he had 29 of 61. 48%. So pretty much 50% of the plays. So I think that's a fair estimation of what we're going to expect from Saquon Barkley in week two. Maybe even less because he's coming off the two games in four days. I think the Giants will be maybe even a little more careful with him because you, this is a really tough spot for him coming off that injury with two games in four days. But... The silver lining for the Giants. Washington now. First of all, the Giants own Washington. Own Washington. I'm going to have to really try hard not to say the dreaded R word this week. The dreaded R word. But Washington. They own them, right? Giants seem to have swept them. Was it the last two years they swept them? And not only do they own Washington, but Washington, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets injured. He's basically almost certain to be out with a hip injury. Now you get Taylor Heine. Obviously showed out well in the playoffs last year, but still, this is a backup quarterback, a player that Patrick Graham and his Giants defense should be able to have a lot more success against. And it's on the defense. I'm going to say this right now. It's on the defense. I'll make my pick later on in this episode. It's on the defense. Should I say it again? I think that's enough. I think I got my point home to win this game for the Giants. And then just think, if they could win this game in Washington against a team they have done very well against, that Daniel Jones has done very well against. I know that Washington has a good defense. It'll be really tough for Daniel Jones to have such a great game on Thursday night. But if they can do that, week three at home against Atlanta, somehow, if they end up 2-1 and one in the first three games, would be a huge, huge success. 1-2, and two, not the end of the world. Not great, but... Yeah, like if they wanted to be a real playoff team, they probably had to go 2-1 and one in, in this opening stretch. But I mean... If they go one and two, it could still be, they could still compete and be, you know, in that eight win mark. I'm downgrading from nine a little bit that I started out with because even though I picked them to lose that, it was just, they lost in such a way that makes me question. But I don't want to go overboard. Don't want to go overboard. It's one week. It's one week. But that one week so far was bad. I'll get into the film a little bit more throughout the week and uh, provide a little more detail of, of some of the, the little things that, that went on during the game. Like, the uh like the Joe Joe Judge you know challenge that cost a timeout uh some of the the schemes that they ran and really how the offensive line did I know we didn't hear a lot about Andrew Thomas which is usually a good thing but I'm not quite sure that means he was great in this game uh serviceable probably I I I don't think don't think he was bad so that that's a positive sign and then uh, Nate Solder on the other side I'll go take a look at him and some. Some of the Giants' edge rushers as well, how they kind of fared in one-on-one matches. Because, quite frankly, that's one of the biggest problems on this team. Where is the pressure off those edges? Where, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was just ripping them apart. Ripping them apart. We'll get into that and more with our guests coming up right here. On to the next one.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's go to my man, Dave Rothenberg. Let's not mess around here. Host of DPH on Rothenberg, 5 to 8 a.m. Dave, I guess I'm going to have to play therapist here. How are we feeling on this Monday morning after that awful giant sauce? Uh, how could I be feel, feeling well? Uh, first of all, let me say good good morning to you. Thank good you for morning, having me Dave. on the podcast. I'm a, I'm a, as you know, a big fan of yours. But I mean, how am I supposed to be feeling, Jordan? I feel horrendous. I mean, I feel like I was sold the bill of goods that are just not coming to fruition. Don't worry. This offseason, we've we've added Kenny Galladay. Don't worry. This offseason, we've added Adoree Jackson. Don't worry. This offseason, we've added Kadarius Tony. He's a he's like a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he can throw the ball. He can run. He's kickoff returns. He's punt returns. Oh, he's dynamic. Well, Jordan, at what point is enough enough in watching the same thing year after year after? After year, I got to be honest with you. I don't know that I have another 16 games in me if the Giants are going to play like they did yesterday. Well, I'm going to play therapist here, Dave. And if you had right. been paying attention, you had to realize that the offense struggling out of the gate was definitely in the realm of possibilities because they just haven't played. If you thought that Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay were going to come out here and light it up, or Kadarius Tony, who let's be honest, didn't practice from April to mid till through September, really like you have to realize that the possibility of them playing poorly offensively in against Denver, who has a good defense, right. And against Washington week two, we're clearly on the table of possibilities. No. All right. Well, let me, let let me, let me react to that. You, you don't, you don't set. Now I understand you're upset, but you don't, did you, did you not come in at least worried a little bit about the offense in this game? Well, I, I'll tell you this. I, I didn't think that the Giants, for all intents and purposes, would score seven points in the game. I mean, just stop with the last touchdown, right? 14 points. Stop no, it. You scored, you scored seven points in the entire football game. You were in field goal range on the first drive of the game. You had right. It was a beautiful play. He draws Denver offsides. He throws deep. Slade makes the catch. Your first and ten at the thirty, and you go backwards. So you didn't score there. Then you got into the red zone. Daniel Jones fumbled yet again. I Jordan, I got to be honest. I know Galladay played a lot yesterday until it was garbage time. He did almost nothing. Daniel Jones, I'm afraid to say it. I think might stink. I, listen, was there a chance they could lose to Denver? Sure. But Denver was a winnable game, I thought, too. Washington, I thought, was a winnable game. It gets really tough, right? Yeah, I mean, you got Tampa, you got Kansas City, you got the Cowboys. Like You have, you have a tough game. Yeah, you have the Chargers, you have the Dolphins. Like, this is not an easy schedule. And to look at it and to look at a game that – yeah, maybe you could have lost, but maybe you could have won. And to almost be non-competitive, I don't know how you could expect me to be in a positive mood surrounding no, this, this team right now. Not positive. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to cheer you up a little bit, Dave. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to cheer you up. Just you know, because we got a quick turnaround. 
They're gonna this they have a big game on Thursday night, and it's against um what Taylor Heineke as as the quarterback of the football team. So really here, here I'll, I'll I'll be a little I'll be Mr. Positive here for you, okay? All right. Yep. They play Taylor Heineke on Thursday night. They have a chance to win, right? They obviously need to play significantly better, but clearly they've owned Washington recently, have a chance to win. Then they have Atlanta next. So two and one. If they're sitting at two and one in two weeks from now, you can feel pretty good. Now, there's a lot of work to be done, but not out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, it's a fair point, but I will I will react to it by by saying this. OK, after that game against Atlanta, they go at New Orleans, at Dallas. We don't know home if that to game the be in New Orleans, by the way, which is. Oh, OK, well, they'll, they'll, they'll go somewhere yeah. where New Orleans is the home team. New Orleans and, is a good and team saw, and favorite and a favorite in that game. No doubt. Heavy favorite. And you saw on Sunday what New Orleans was able to do wherever they play. Right. They're defense. very they capable. Got a, they got a great defense. They're, they're a very capable team and they're very well coached. So if I am not two and one following the game against Atlanta at MetLife Stadium, uh, this season can spiral completely out of control because then I get the Panthers, but then I'm at the Chiefs right after that. So, Jordan, look, I, I'm not saying the season is over. I'd be an idiot to say that after week one. But in the same vein that you say you can't expect the defense, uh, the offense to have played well in week one. I, I thought the Giants would find their way, be it you know playing close to the best football or running the ball or conservative and good defense and field position to a win over a Denver team. They didn't win the game. They didn't compete in the game. So I will tell you what, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, until I see a change, this is what the Giants are. They're just a bad football team with a subpar quarterback, a horrendous offensive line, and they do not have a ton to be excited about until I see them go out and beat Washington, until I see them go out and beat Atlanta. They go, like you said, they get the big pass early, right? Then they run themselves out of field goal range on the opening draft with the with the Kadarius Tony, uh, you know, carry pass whatever whatever it was you know I think technically I think it, it counted as a, a completion but they run themselves out of field goal range there do you have a problem with that play call is that is that drive do you can't consider that ruined by by the play calling and Jason Garrett of course I'm at a hundred percent. Well, why, why, why are you running that play? I mean, Jason Garrett, it drives me insane. You, you are in field goal range at a minimum. You should take the lead in that game and you decide to run stuff. That's going to potentially move you backwards. How about at a minimum, you know what? Let's run Barkley. We'll do a play action. We'll try to throw the ball downfield. If we get no more yardage, we're looking at a 46, 47 yard field goal. I like Graham Gano. That's a field goal. Why there would you run that where you lose yardage and now you're behind the eight ball and now you get nothing out of a drive that you should have gotten points. Of course, how could I not be incensed by that? Look, I'm with you on this. That's one of my biggest complaints is they said they had that scripted and that they were going to run it, but you have to adjust for the game situation there. You just got a big play. You just moved into field goal range. You don't, you don't want to risk a play there that can go backwards. That, that was the wrong time for that play. And right away, it makes me concerned again about their offense and Jason Garrett right off the bat, four plays into the season. I, mean, I don't know how it couldn't. 
I, know. I, don't, I listen, Jason Garrett underwhelms me. He underwhelmed me last year. It's more the same this year. And again, I just I'm sitting there watching the game uh, on Sunday, Jordan, and I'm thinking to myself, am I going to have to endure this all over again? Is this going to be another, uh, but, but now an extra game? Am I going to have to watch 17 of these where, you know, the offensive <laughs> line stinks and, and, and the quarterback, you know, he lays the ball down on the, on the turf all the time and there's no running game and the defense can't get pressure. It's like, I, I'm go- I'm going crazy. I can't deal with this again. The bre- the, the breaking point is week three. If the offense doesn't look good, in week three at home against the Atlanta Falcons, that's, you know, sound the alarm. We have a disaster on our hands. I don't know if Jason Garrett can make it through the season because this it's going to be awful. Like that that game. I mean, they have, they have two weeks for this offense to get right. Saquon will get healthier, hopefully. Kenny Galladay will get healthier. And they're playing Atlanta at home. If it doesn't get right there, Dave, you're you're gonna have a, a long long season. Well, to to be honest with you, my thought after one week is we're gonna be in store for a long long season. It's just <laughs> you know what, Jordan, I've been burned so many times, and I love the Giants, and this fan base has been burned so many times. Where don't worry, don't it's now fixed. Don't worry, the offensive line is fixed. The offensive line, which was fixed. Spent the 11th hour last week just desperate to try to bring guys in that would upgrade what was the bad offensive line. How do you not address it in the draft? How do you not address it in free agency? How does this happen to me that at this point it's when, out of desperation, it gets addressed? I do not understand it. I do not understand how Kansas City plays in the Super Bowl and has an offensive line, which you look at and you laugh. You go, God, that's terrible. And in one offseason, it seems like they fixed it. But in four years now, Dave Gettleman can't fix this offensive line. It will never make sense to me, Jordan. Well, the biggest problem is they did try to address it last year, and it doesn't, the returns aren't great because Andrew Thomas, okay. And then Matt Parrott, who couldn't win the starting job over Nate Solder, who, by the way, looks like he's completely done and, and can't play at all. So, uh, yeah, that's their biggest problem is they had they they spent those two picks, premium picks, and doesn't look like those guys were the answer. But, Dave, let's be honest. Yes. The biggest problem on Sunday, and this is might be the most discouraging thing because you didn't expect it, was the defense. Yeah. They did not play a good game. They did not give the offense a chance. We sit there and we say, yeah, the offense scored seven points. And granted, Jones fumbled one away and and, and they screwed up the first drive where they should have got points. But they didn't get the ball for what seemed like an hour and a half of real time. Between the second quarter, they had one drive and Jason Garrett threw a, a play-action pass to the fullback and basically ran it into the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so they, they literally did not have the ball because the defense could not get off the field. Concern level with that group is what? Uh, what are you looking for? Like a one to 10, 10 being the most yeah. concerned? Uh, Concern I, I level say... one to 10 on the defense. Did they max out last year? Like, did, are, we, are we realizing that? I thought that was a possibility entering this year, that they maxed out last year and that they, it was going to be tough to be as good as they were last year. I, I will tell you this. My concern level is a lot higher with the offense than the defense. I think I like Patrick Graham. Okay. I think that they have talent defensively. I think their secondary should be pretty good. Uh, so, listen, it was, it was a, a disaster. I mean, they couldn't get off the field. They made Teddy Bridgewater look like he was an elite-level quarterback. Um, 
third downs, fourth downs, very little pressure on him. Um, my concern on a scale of one to 10 about the defense is that a, a six, I'm, I'm not going to panic after one game with a unit that I've seen play well, but if they're bad against Taylor Heineke in Washington and bad against Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and it continues to be like this week after week, it will not take long for my concern level to quickly rise up the ranks. I had to put a number on it yesterday for our ESPN like post-game reaction, you know, of where you stand, basically confidence level. In the team after week one, I, I gave him a 4.2. What do you think? Well, the team overall, I might even go lower than a 4.2. But the defense on its own, I would I would say I, I'm at a six. Yeah, team overall, I think I'm lower. Us, they didn't want us to go like, you know, they lose week one and go like one. And then the next week they win and go like nine. So the idea was to kind of keep it sort of level. Yeah, 4.2. I, if I had to give them a, a one to 10 confidence level overall as a team, I put it a three right now. All right. Definitely cause for concern, which brings us to Daniel Jones. Uh, Pedestrian. I mean, numbers don't look terrible. 22 of 37, 267 with the touchdown. A lot of that. Stop it. Stop it. It was garbage time. A lot of that came late. Come on. You didn't let me finish. You let me finish. I was about to say a lot of it came late. Rushing touchdown, barely even counts. Zero seconds left on the clock. Where are we in this Daniel Jones progression? I mean, they love him as an organization. I have a story running this week about how, from the offseason about how, you know, they are bullish on Daniel Jones. But, I mean, where are the splash plays, Dave? You need to make splash plays as a quarterback. Where are they? I just don't I, I see them. I don't, I don't know. And, and you know what concerns me even more so is, is they're, they're, what, is, what are they bullish about? I mean, Jordan, I, I'm missing it. I, I know you that what we use the, You want to know? Yeah, what is it? Okay. So he's this great guy who does everything right, including work, right? Which is a big deal. I'm a nice guy, Jordan. Look, look, look. look. And he does. He has all the physical skill, right? He throws the ball pretty well. He can run. He's athletic. So they're looking at it. They're saying, Look, this guy puts in the work, is smart, and has all the physical skill. How, when it all adds up and you put it together, is he eventually not going to be a really good quarterback? That's what that's that's their point of view. Well, you know what my retort to them would be? What? He hasn't been. He can't hold on to the football. He's a he's the human turnover. So. Yesterday, you had, a, you know, you were trailing in that game. You had a, a little bit of hope. You're moving down the field. You think to yourself, we, we will get points on this drive. And he gives them the way. But he's not good enough. They're not good enough to squander opportunities in the red zone. So, yeah, on paper, he might have it all. He might be six foot five and have a strong arm and not get phased by anything and be built for New York. But you know what? Jordan, he doesn't produce on the field through two years and one game, and he's produced very little and had a lot of issues. So I've said this from the jump, and I hope that the Giants concur with me. If he has a bad season, that's it. You got to move on from this guy. Well, let's be honest. If they have a bad season, they're moving on from Dave Gettleman. They'll have a new general manager, and it'll be his job to figure out whether he wants to ride with Daniel Jones or not, depending on how the season goes, because Dave Gettleman can't survive another bad season. Dude's got 15 wins in three years as general manager. I mean, seriously, 
15 wins, Dave. 15 wins. Any concern with, with Joe Judge? I mean, uh, the fake uh, or illegal throwing of the challenge flag, costing them a timeout, obviously didn't impact the game. But, I mean, I received a text from someone around the league like, what is he doing? What was his explanation? That looked awful. Uh, so. uh, yeah, I, I mean, do I have a, I, I have a concern? I'll tell you what my concern is. My concern is, it, listen, it was a stupid moment for him. He I, admitted I it. That, you know, he admitted it. Yeah, it got, it, the, the moment he, got away. He lost his composure. Yeah, exactly. It happens, right? It happens to everyone. There's not a person listening to this podcast right now that, that has not that had a moment where doesn't mean you want your coach doing it. I understand that, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, listen, it's an embarrassing moment, and I, I I was livid at the moment when it happened. In the grand scheme of things, is it that big a deal? They're not going to win the game anyway, right? It's not like you it's not like you, you came down and, and, and then ran the ball with 36 seconds left, and, and you needed the timeout desperately. The game was a laugh for late stages. What I do worry about with him is that this – this way that he has about himself where you're running laps and I'm going to be super hard on you. And my expectation is you're going to play hard nose, gritty, tough football. And you don't play like that, that the, and I don't want to say act because I don't think that's fair. I think that's truly who he is, but that way that he has starts to wear and run thin on this team. I mean, for the first time since he took over as coach, you kind of saw, I mean, at least on social media, you could see, the fans starting to get a little, little perturbed with Joe judge. So just a, just, just an observation. I don't, I also, I'm with you. I'm not going to sound the alarm on him just yet. I think his attention to detail is still impressive enough to me where, and I see enough where I think he's going to be a good coach, but it'll be interesting. This next two games are just massive for the future of this organization future of Daniel Jones for the future of Dave. They can't get off to another 0-2 start. They they just can't. They can't start 0-2 at playing Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team. It's just that, that that's like a, they just absolutely cannot. I mean, Dave, what are you going to be like on Friday morning if they lose to the Washington football team and Taylor Heineke? I'll be despondent, Jordan. I'm already very upset. And not even with the loss. Like if the Giants were lost went again, down. The way it went yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the optics were so yeah. repulsive in that game. If you lose to te- Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy Bridgewater Taylor looked Heineke, like Joe Montana, by the way. I mean, I mean, I thought I was watching Patrick Mahomes on the field yesterday. <laughs> he's he's making pump fakes. He's rolling right. He's avoiding pressure. He's throwing it into the face of pressure. He, you know, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, but I got to tell you, and maybe this is the wrong outlook right now. I, I kind of feel defeated. Like I, I really, I just, I feel defeated because I was so excited and I thought there was such hope, and and I feel like hope is is waning at the moment. So. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but I will tell you this. If they start out 0-2 for, I think it would be, what, the fifth time in six years of just another horrendous start to the season, I'm done. I can't can't live this roller coaster of every Monday being excited or horrified or pain. What do you mean you're done? You're not going to stop watching. Done. No, of course. I'm not going to. What are you, a lunatic? I'm not going to stop 
No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. It's, I'm, I'm going to try to get myself to the point where a loss to Tampa does not pain me. Where losing to Dallas is does not something that, that causes me anguish. Because why should I feel horrendous with a football team that is just not good? Yeah, but they lose on Thursday night. You're gonna wake up the next Sunday when they play Atlanta, and you're gonna go through the same thing, and you're gonna be despondent if they lose to Atlanta. So you're not yeah, but it's, you're not done. You're right. You're right. But it's not I'm not giving them 10 weeks to prove me wrong or to prove otherwise. Like they have a very finite amount of time for me to really get emotionally invested. I'm not going to miss a snap this season. So don't don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. No, I know. But that. I, I this, but there's going to be a very you're going to be bought in again the following week when they play Atlanta. That's just what the, I don't know, man. That's I don't how know. this game works. It's I don't. Awesome. You might be right. I am. I am I telling you. Back. I am despondent. Despondent over this team right now. Is there anything to positive? Let's let's just try and find. What can we take from that game that was positive? I got one thing in my head. You got. You got I got. Anything? I got a good one. You got anything? I think got? I have a real. I, I thought Sterling Shepard was excellent yesterday. Yeah, he was excellent yesterday. Um, maybe you know what, you know what the deal is with Sterling Shepard? Like if Sterling Shepard was like on the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody would be talking about him. He'd be like another good receiver. Everybody he would be su- super fantasy relevant. But because he's been stuck on this team for his entire career and haven't been really good at all since he got there, except maybe his rookie year, th- then he he just he just kind of gets lost. He's like he's like a good receiver, but he's on a bad team. And he doesn't even get huge targets because he played. I thought he played very, very good. well. Good. Uh, I, yeah, he, I thought he, I thought it was excellent. And uh, I, I, I can probably stop there about things that impressed me and excited me with the game. Well, I got one, and it's a big one, Dave. Big right. picture. Saquon Barkley's knee held up. Right. We didn't get to see his explosiveness. He really didn't have any opportunities in the open field or anything. But look, he took hits, came back from a major injury, and that's a big deal. His knee held up. So now. There's good chance Saquon Barkley gets up this morning and is able in three days to get back out there again against Washington. That's a positive sign for this organization moving forward. All right. I'll, I'll take that one as well. And uh, again, this is circled on Thursday night because if they go out there and they lose to Taylor Heineke in, in Washington, this is going to be a long season. You know who the pressure's on on Thursday night? Uh, the defense. Exactly. The defense. That defense needs to win them the game on Thursday night. Because, look, they're playing another good defense, you know, with even better pass rushers because Bradley Chubb didn't play this week. And the Giants can't go back there and just throw throw the ball and throw the ball around the yard against Washington. They just can't. It's, it can't it, it's almost impossible to see a path to that happening for the Giants, really. So it's on the defense. It's a big game for the defense, especially to bounce back. After what was looked was a pretty poor effort against the Broncos. Very poor effort. By the way, on, on a yeah. somewhat related but separate note, did you see how good uh, Rashawn Slater was for for the Chargers against Washington? By the way, did you see how good all these were? So Devontae Smith, who they obviously wanted, looks great with the Eagles, right? Yep. Jalen Waddle, who they would have taken if he made it, looks great with the Dolphins. Rashawn Slater is a stud with the Chargers. And Kadarius Tony played two snaps until scrub time at the end of the game and didn't practice from uh, April till uh, September. That's terrific. I, I mean, uh, this is exactly sorry, what I was looking sorry, to hear. Sorry, we had to end on that. Sorry, we had to end on that. Okay, sorry. 
Give me, give me uh, real quick. You came into the season expecting, predicting how many wins for the Giants? Probably nine. I, I thought nine was realistic. I thought if things broke well for them, that, that 10 was something that they could get to. Oof, 10 was 10, 10's a lot with this team. But uh, so they play the way they did. You, would you, you had to recalibrate now. Where oh, we, we, we recalibrated to the point where I think they're going to be bad. Um, they'll get, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say five and 12. Oh, he lost four games in one week. Because I thought that I thought the game against the Broncos was going to be a win right off the bat. So right, right, right there, I lost the game. And and you know what? I've seen I've seen no maturation from Daniel Jones. It's the same mistakes that he's always made. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm overly pessimistic. It's one week. I get it. But right now, but Daniel it is Jones hard really to, to, about it. It's one play. That was one play that ruined the whole day for your whole impression of Daniel Jones. Literally. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, his his passes were not good. It's not like he was threading the needle. I mean, the one that rings true to me. You remember the one to Devonte Booker was wide open in the flat, and he missed him by like five yards. Yeah, and Booker made this catch. phenomenal one-handed catch. I mean, yeah, that, that should not be happening. happening. That yeah. should not. That should not be happening. But he look. We have to. I, I look, and and I guess I'm a Daniel Jones defender at this point because I'm. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not holding out huge hope for him, but I'm not ready to throw him in the garbage yet is when you look at that member there by the goal line in the, I guess it's the early fourth, and they throw the uh, fade to Kyle Rudolph or where the heck ever out and whatever the heck that was, and then followed up yep. with a fourth down, no chancer to, to Kenny Galladay. Uh, you look at that and you say, all right, weren't great throws, but how much is that Daniel Jones? And how much of that is this like, that's really what they're, they're, they're you know, calling up? on those plays in the red zone. It's like, it's like Jason Garrett went to the play sheet and said, Hey, Kyle Rudolph's had good success in his career in the red zone. Let's throw one to him, even though he can't get an inch of separation and we'll, we'll see if he could jump over a guy's head. Oh, Hey, Kenny Galladay is a good contested catch guy. Let's throw the ball up to him, a jump ball on four down. You, you yeah, Daniel, I understand what you're Daniel saying, that, but you know, you Daniel that, or are you looking at that and saying, Oh, all right, well, terrible, you know what? Terrible it, it, place. It, I look at I, all of it. All of it. I think great quarterbacks make better plays. So Jones, I don't think is, is all that good right now. And I, you want to you want to blame Jason Garrett as well. I, I'm fine with that. But I think it's a conglomeration of there's just a lot of a lot of bad play, a lot of bad coaching, a lot of bad everything with this team right now. Yeah, I'm I'm not you know absolving him of blame. I'm just saying I'm still sitting here saying I'm not sure. Maybe maybe it is Jason Garrett. Maybe it is this offense. Maybe it is what they're calling up. But I also need to see more from Daniel Jones. I mean, he's got to make more plays. It's that simple. So, Dave Rothenberg, we appreciate it. Down four wins in one week. Dave Rothenberg, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> On to the next one. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. 
So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That's my guy, Dave Rothenberg. 5 to 8 a.m., DiPietro and Rothenberg, 98.7. ESPN New York. Let's turn our attention now to Thursday night. Huge game for the Giants. Quick turnaround. Division game. The football team. I almost said the R word there, but I didn't. I didn't. think. I think I'm clear so far. I don't think I've said it this episode. So I'm going to give you my prediction real quick. They're going against Taylor Heineke. I expect Patrick Graham and company to be able to have a lot more success against Taylor Heineke. Right? Uh, they're pissed off. They played poorly. They know it. They're going to come back, play a good game. Now, remember, usually you say you don't really know uh, week two, quick turnaround, Thursday night. Thursday night games are, are kind of crazy. But here's the thing. The Giants have been preparing for Washington now for several weeks. So it's not your normal Thursday night game where they, you know, if it's week 10, like in the middle of the season, you're not, you don't have the time, but they had time this summer to spend some time on Washington. So they're already a little ahead of the game than if it was like a week 10 Thursday night game. So defensively, that's going to help. Defensively, they're going to be able to give Taylor Heineke, have him see things that he's not used to seeing, give him looks, give him pressures. Like Patrick Graham is good at that stuff. So I expect the defense to play a much, much better game. The offense, I think they'll, do just enough, just enough. They weren't awful in this game. Like, they moved the ball on the first drive, right? They get the big play to Slayton. They, you know, moved the ball in the third quarter on their only possession when Daniel Jones fumbled. So it wasn't like, oh, this offense can't do anything. They just didn't have the ball enough, didn't get enough chances, and then squandered two key chances, which you can't do if you're going to win. Now it's going to be troubling. Andrew Thomas and Nate Solder and Matt Parrott against Montez Sweat and Chase Young. By the way, Matt Parrott, I know it looked like he gave up a sack, and Von Miller took an, a free run, but that snap count was definitely messed up. If you go back and look at that, you could see Matt Parrott didn't get off the ball. Ben Bredesen standing there when the ball snapped. So something happened there where the offensive line was out of sync. So that's more of a mental mistake by the line than a physical mistake. Oh, Matt Parrott gave up a sack kind of deal so i don't know we might we it's possible we could see more matt pair because man i have questions whether nate solder has anything left in the tank serious serious question but the giants offense still gets get something from saquon i think we'll see a little bit more Kadarius tony we may even see evan ingram back i don't think that's out of the question by the way and as much as you guys a lot of you guys out there i shouldn't say everybody is negative and oh, i don't want to see ingram yeah You see what the tight ends did on Sunday. You see what kind of explosiveness they give when you have Caden Smith and Kyle Rudolph out there. Squad douche. Nothing. Nada. Zero. Evan Ingram is an asset. You can use it. Is he frustrating at times? Sure. But if he gets back, 
he's a benefit. Week three, the latest is what I see, barring a major setback. Uh, so the offense does a little bit more. Giants escape Washington because they own them. They always beat Washington. For some reason, Daniel Jones plays well against Washington. The Giants play well against Washington, and they win. 22-20. Big win. Come home. Chance to go 2-1 and one if they could beat Atlanta at home. So don't panic yet. They lose on Thursday night. You can really start panicking for sure. All right, I'll give you a little quick Jordan on a beat because it is such a quick turnaround week, and I want to tell you what it's like. So basically, the way it works is the five days of work you usually do after your normal game is Sunday. Then they play again on Sunday, right? So Monday to Friday, back to work, right? The Giants have five days worth of preparation, and so do the writers and reporters. And then, you know, Saturday, as a reporter, you have the day off Sunday, you work. Your normal schedule. So now, the five days of work from Monday to Friday is squeezed into three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, I have a pre-written story that I worked on this offseason on Daniel Jones. Look out for that, why the Giants are so convinced that Daniel Jones is the right guy, even though so many of us look out on the field and we don't feel quite as confidently as they do. So look out for that this week. Uh, and then the rest of it, you just, I mean, you're running around like a chicken without your head because everything, your schedule is also condensed into th- five days worth of work into three days. So it's kind of crazy. And then got a Jewish holiday on Wednesday night into Thursday. I'm going to drive Thursday afternoon, check into a hotel in my old stomping grounds at College Park, go to the stadium, break a fast because Jews, we fast on Yom Kippur, which is on Thursday. So break my fast, you know, pretty much either right before I go to the stadium or when I go to the stadium, I like to get there a good three hours before the game. So 8.30 game-ish, so 5.30, 5 o'clock. I'll probably try to get there an easy 435 o'clock and then stay over, drive back in the morning. And then my wife's got to go with her parents, with her mom, actually, and her sister. She's going to California. So then I have the kids all weekend. But let me tell you, you work as a reporter for ESPN. You cover the Giants. You work in the NFL. When you have these Thursday night games or even Monday night, right? Or even Saturdays when they have them or Tuesdays or Wednesdays, playing every day of the week at some point in the last few years. When you have that, okay, then you actually get to enjoy a rare football Sunday. So this Sunday, even though the wife's not home and I'm taking care of the two kids for the next few days by myself, you know, making it work like a true champ, like the dad you're supposed to be in these kind of circumstances. You invite the friends over, get my daughter some friends to play with, let the little guy run around with them. But you get to enjoy a football Sunday. And you kind of you relish these opportunities because they're rare. They come about, what, two or three times a year? Depends how many primetime games the team you cover has, right? And even though even like they play Monday night, actually both Giants Monday nighters t- at Tampa, at Kansas City this year, both on the road. So then I have to travel on Sunday. So you don't just sit around all day and watch football on Sunday because you got to travel. But this Sunday, I get to enjoy football, football Sunday, like the rest of you, like the normal folk. I'm just like one of you. I, I breathe. I bleed. I get upset watching bad football, just like all of you. All right. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Uh, a little unusual episode. But we did the best we could in the time crunch that we're on. Next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule. Look for a midweek release of the podcast. And hopefully, it's off a giant victory. Because I'm getting sick and tired of going down this road. It's like Groundhog's Day. Over and over and over again. 0-1 starts. 0-2 starts. You're basically out of it by October. November, you're 
no December, you're mathematically eliminated. It's just been too much since I came in 2013. Too much. Too much irrelevance. It's not good for the Giants, and it's not good for me professionally. So, big week for the Giants. I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.